Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during S.N. Goenka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly, with additional archives from S.N. Goenka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by S.N. Goenka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.pariyati.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation as taught by S. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org. Friends, admirers and devotees of Dharma, we have all assembled here this morning to understand what is Vipassana. Vipassana is applied dharma, practical dharma. Vipassana is pure spirituality, applied spirituality, practical spirituality. Dharma is always universal. Dharma is way of life a good way of life, how to live, how to live peacefully and harmoniously within and how to generate nothing but peace and harmony for the atmosphere outside so that others can live in peace and harmony. A great contribution of India to the world. I find there are two glorious contribution of India to the world. One is yoga, the exercise of pranayam and asanas, which is universal, not limited to a particular community, particular religion, particular tradition. Everyone can practice it, everyone is practicing it and gets the same result. In the same way, the great glorious contribution of India is Vipassana, which is universal, not limited to any particular religion, particular community, particular tradition, particular faith, particular belief. It's a pure exercise. As asana and pranayam, pure exercise to keep the body healthy. Vipassana, a pure exercise of the, of the mind to keep the mind sound, healthy, wholesome. A very ancient technique of our country, very ancient. Vipassana is mentioned in Vedas in very laudable words. A richa of Rig Veda. 
it says yo vishwa bhi pashyati bhuvana sancha pashyati sana parishadati dvishah the ancient literature of our country rigveda such wonderful such wonderful words are said about vipassana one can come out of all the aversions hatred negativities by the practice of vipassana but unfortunately the technique got lost only the words remained 26 centuries back another great person siddhartha gautama he rediscovered this ancient technique everyone who becomes enlightened who becomes samma sambuddha becomes by finding out this technique of vipassana discovering the technique of vipassana practicing vipassana and when becomes fully enlightened so 2600 years ago this long lost technique was rediscovered by gautama the buddha he practiced it became fully enlightened and out of infinite love infinite compassion started distributing it to one and all throughout his life balanced 45 years day and night kept on teaching vipassana 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 and after him from teacher to pupil from teacher to pupil this wonderful technique was maintained in its pristine purity for about 500 years after that unfortunately it got lost in our country went to different neighboring countries there also after some time it got lost but one neighboring country myanmar maintained it in its pristine purity for over 2000 years from teacher to pupil from teacher to pupil very few people others were all involved in different kinds of beliefs dogmas cult rites rituals which are common in every religion but the real technique was lost only very few people maintained because they maintained in its pristine purity we got it back in its pure form and it came back to india after interval of 2000 years people even forgot the name this word was lost for the first time my teacher when he asked me that come i will teach you a great meditation teacher of teaching of your country we call it vipassana what vipassana when i went back home i went through the hindi dictionary this word was missing whatever english uh, sanskrit dictionary i had this word was missing the country lost even the word the technique far away fortunate our neighboring country maintained it and we got it and now it's accepted by one and all people from every religion every community every background every tradition they accept it so willingly 
because it is so non-sectarian, not tied to any particular religion, universal, scientific, no blind faith is involved, and result-oriented, gives a result here and now. I was born in a very staunch, conservative, Sanatani Hindu family. From the childhood, I was taught, as generally people from our community are taught, Buddha is wonderful. Pay respect to Buddha always, because his incarnation of God Vishnu, the God Almighty. But never go for his teaching. His teaching is not for us. If you go for the teaching of Buddha, it will take you to hell. Frightening. 31 years of my life, living in a country where most of the people are devotees of Buddha, I never went to listen even one day any sermon of a Buddhist monk. This is not for us. I used to go to the temple of Buddha, pay respect to the image of Buddha. Wonderful. Incarnation of Vishnu. There must be something wrong in the teaching. It so happened, at the age of 31, I had to take a course of 10 days. With so much of hesitation, situation, it so happened. I got caught in a situation. I was quite successful as my friends in Burma knows. In mid-twenties I became very successful in life. President of this organization, president of that organization, and successful in business and social services and all that. And that went in my head, became very ego-centered. Very ego-centered. And an ego-centered person is always very short-tempered, very hot-headed. Everything must happen according to my wishes. And that ego, and that tension because of the ego, I started suffering from a special type of migraine for which the doctors had no cure. No painkiller will work. My family doctor was like a, a family member, Dr. Om Prakash. He tried best and even took advice to the best doctors there, senior doctors. They started giving me only morphine injection, nothing else, no, nothing else will work. Every fortnight, the magnetic was there and they gave me morphine injection. Then this friend of mine, my elder brother, Dr. Om Prakash, he said, it is very bad. Now we have to give you morphia because of migraine. Very soon a time will come when you will have to take morphia for morphia's sake and every day you will become morphia addict. It was very horrible. What to do? No cure. He said, you keep on going around the world for your business. Forget business ones. You go and get your migraine treated, you know. In the West also, there is no treatment for this special type of migraine that you are suffering. But at least they will have some painkiller which will liberate you from this morphia. I took his advice, a good advice. I went around the world, spent a lot of time and money in Switzerland, in Germany, in England, in USA, in Japan. Best doctors. Nobody could cure me. 
when I came back, a friend of mine, close friend of mine, who was then the Attorney General of Independent Burma, he advised me, Goenka, this is psychosomatic disease. You live such a tense life, so much of responsibility you have taken, and you can't cope with that. Why not take a 10 day course? This will help you. I was frightened. 10 day course. This is Buddhism. And they are Buddhist. If I become Buddhist, what will happen? I'll go to hell. Oh, no, no. Swadharami nidhanam shreya. Paurudharamu bhayavahe. Better die in your own religion. Never go to another religion. This is another religion. I can't go. And he kept on persuading me. All right, don't go. But at least meet the teacher and understand what we personalize. Fortunately, I met my teacher, Sajuba came. Very plainly, I told him that we have got uh, very much doubt about the teaching of Buddha. And your teaching is teaching of Buddha, Vipassana is teaching of Buddha. He smiled and he said, You are the leader of the Hindu community in Burma. Tell me, in your Hindu religion, is there any objection to morality, which they call Shila? What objection? Shila? Not only Hinduism, every religion of the world preaches Shila, live a moral life, live a moral life. No, sir, we don't have any objection for morality. How can you live a moral life unless you have control over your mind? I will teach you control over the mind. And we call it Samadhi. Any objection? Samadhi? What objection? In my scriptures I had been reading about Samadhi. This Rishi, this Muni went to jungle, had a deep Samadhi. We are householders, we don't know what Samadhi is. If somebody teaches me Samadhi, no sir, no objection. But Samadhi alone will not help. Samadhi will calm down your mind, will purify your mind only at the surface level or slightly deeper level. But there is a deep, at the root level, there is a deep habit pattern, unwholesome habit pattern, which keeps on generating defilement. Unless you rectify that deepest part of your mind, you are not relieved from your misery. And for that we will teach Panya, in Sanskrit called Pragya. Any objection? Pragya? How can there be any objection to Pragya? I had been giving discourses on Gita, in Arya Samaj, in Ramakrishna Vision. So much I used to talk about, about Gita, about Gita. And for me, the most attractive part of Gita was Sthit Pragya. Sthit Pragya Sakaha who is Tit Pragya? What is the explanation of Tit Pragya? And I will explain to my people, my audience, Vita Raga Bhayakrodha Yustitajirmani Uchate, or Indriyani Indriyarthebhe Tasya Pragya Pratishtita. And explain and explain. Coming back home, many a times I felt so sad. I talked so much about Tit Pragya. Vita Raga, Vita Bhaya, Vita Krodha. And I am a bundle of Krodha and Raga and Bhaya and Ego. Why I talk all those things when I don't have a trace of it? And again, my friends, whenever any occasion comes, Goenkaji, come and give a lecture, 
today this uh, Jayanti or that Jayanti, all I give it actually. But I was feeling very bad because I had all those defilements in my mind which were, I understood, which were the cause of the tension, which were the cause of this migraine. If somebody teaches me Pragya and he says by Pragya, you will get rid of all the impurities. That means I'll become Vita Raga, I'll become Vita Dvesha, I'll become Vita Bhaya, Vita Karodha. Wonderful. No sir, no objection. That's all. Shila, Samadhi and Pragya. Nothing else. Comfort and this. Give it trial. We teach nothing else. And very emphatically he said, Buddha taught nothing else. It was all creation later on to give a bad name to his teachings. He taught nothing else except Shila, Samadhi, Panya. Give it trial. I thought worth giving a trial. With a strong determination, I will not become a Buddhist. Let me give a trial. All right, I give a trial. I started. The first day when I went there, the teacher gave me a small booklet. The first page of it was a sutra, Kalama Sutra of Buddha. And there he says, don't believe. Don't believe. Don't believe because it is believed by so many people. Don't believe because it is believed traditionally by many people. Don't believe because your scripture says so. Don't believe because your teacher says so or even I say so. You experience yourself and if you find it good, good for you and good for everybody, then only believe and not only believe, then live that life. Take advantage of it. It was so fascinating for me. Here is a teacher of dharma who says, don't believe. Everywhere I had learned, believe, believe. If you don't believe, you'll go to hell. If you believe, you'll go to heaven. And here is somebody who says, don't believe. You apply in life, you practice, then only you get benefit. All right, it sounds good. Let me see. The first day, the second day, the third day, every day, I found this is pure dharma. Who can object to live a moral life? Who can object to control the mind and that too with an object which is non-sectarian? You control the mind, become master of the mind by just observing your breath, nothing but breath. And the breath, you can't say this is a Hindu breath or Muslim breath or Christian breath or Buddhist breath. Breath is breath. Same with everybody. Keep on observing the breath. Just observe the breath as it is, as it is. There was purpose for that, which I came to know as I went further. And fourth day when real Vipassana was given, I was so very much again fascinated. There was a magnetic pull. Oh, this is applied Gita. The same thing I had been reading in Gita. I have been explaining people to in Gita, but how to apply it in life? How to practice it? And here is a wonderful practice. Go to the depth of the mind. A wonderful discovery made by this enlightened person of our country. I call him a, a super scientist of spirituality. He never founded a religion. 
wrongly people created a situation where he was called a founder of a religion nothing doing he was teaching a way of life how to live how to live a life of shila morality a life of disciplined mind a life of pure mind full of love compassion goodwill everybody can accept it and everybody did accept it i found it so good because this is what is being practiced and he discovered certain things the entire physical structure although it looks so solid actually there is no solidity there is no solidity at all entire corporeal structure is made of very tiny particles which we call atom today he gave a word kalapa the tiniest particle of the material world kalapa and it is this kalapa also invisible so tiny this kalapa also is not solid it is just vibration 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 the entire physical structure the entire mental structure the mental contents the contents of the mind everything is mere vibration mere vibration entire universe is mere vibration mere vibration the scientists of the west more than 100 years ago they came to the same truth in the material world there is no solidity at all mere wavelets wavelets vibration vibration understand the great scientist of our country 26 centuries back without any scientific instruments or apparatus by his own insight by his own experience reached the stage where he found everything is mere vibration mere vibration what do you gain by that even if you accept all right we just have a big pride oh look our great scientist knew this 26 centuries back it was not for that purpose it was not to quench the curiosity of the mind what is this world made of what is this body made of what is this mind made of nothing doing it was to practice the purification of the mind by the time one works for three days at the entrance of the nostrils aware of the breath aware of the breath nothing but breath no verbalization no visualization no imagination no speculation no suggestion auto suggestion or outer suggestion no imposition of this belief or that belief this philosophy or that belief truth as it is the breath as it is without imposing anything on it it is special meaning when you work with the truth as it is and aware every moment on a small area nasa great small area the mind becomes not only concentrated mind becomes subtler and subtler sharper and sharper and starts experiencing subtler realities pertaining to oneself all of us sages and saints have told us know thyself know thyself but how to know oneself at the intellectual level i can say yes i know myself i am going ka i am as and going ka satyanarayan going ka so what one is to experience i have been reading that i am the immortal soul so what i am experiencing it 
I am the God Almighty. I am not experiencing it. How to experience it? The truth about yourself to be experienced. Truth of the entire physical structure, the entire mental structure. You start with the breath. And fourth day you reach the stage where you feel the entire body full of some sensation or the other. Every moment, every part of the body, there is some biochemical reaction or the other going on. Some electromagnetic reaction or the other is going on. And every moment, these reactions manifest themselves as this sensation or that sensation. On the fourth day, you start experiencing different sensations throughout the body, from the top of the head to the tips of the toes. Initially, you come across very gross, solidified, intensified, unpleasant sensations like pain, pressure, heaviness, numbness. As you proceed, proceed means just observe, do nothing, don't react. Observe as it is. If it is pain, it is pain. Pressure, it is pressure. Just keep on observing, observing. The law of nature is such. Mind again becomes sharper and sharper, subtler and subtler, more and more sensitive. And the solidity starts getting divided, 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 disintegrated, dissolved, dissolved. One starts experiencing the truth, entire physical structure, mere vibration, mere vibration. By the time one is the sixth day or seventh day, the entire physical structure, mere vibration, mere vibration. Then it becomes clearer, the law of nature becomes clearer. The nature of the mind and matter becomes clearer. How the mind keeps on influencing the body and in return how body keeps on influencing the mind. Entire physical structure and mental structure, mere vibration, vibration. Attention goes to the eye sense door, mere vibration. Ear sense door, mere vibration. Nose sense door, mere vibration. Tongue sense door, mere vibration. Body sense door, mere vibration. Mind sense door, mere vibration. These are the only six sense doors by which the world is world for us. World comes in contact to this one of these and then only we know there is world. And anything that comes in contact with this sense door is also vibration, vibration. Attention has gone to the ear sense door, mere vibration, mere vibration. A sound has come in contact. With eye sense door, a shape or form will come in contact. Nose sense door, a smell will come in contact. Tongue sense door, a taste will come in contact. Body sense door, something tangible will come in contact. Mind sense door, some thought or emotion will come in contact. Ear sense door, a sound has come in contact. Now one understands the entire interaction of mind and matter, how they are working. As soon as something comes in contact with the ear sense door, a part of the mind, a great discovery of this person, a part of the mind raises its head. Look, something is happening. Something is happening at the ear sense door. So also any sense door. This part of the mind will say, something is happening at the eye sense door or nose sense door or tongue sense door, or body sense door or mind sense door. Something is happening at the ear sense door. That's all. In those days it was called Vijnana, Vinyana. Its job was just to cognize. That's all. And as soon as there is a contact, the contact is a vibration. Anything that has come in contact, any outside object that comes in contact with these sense doors is nothing but vibration. 
a vibration coming in contact with a vibration, another vibration starts. Like you strike a gong. You strike a gong at one point, but the entire gong starts vibrating. So this sound has come in contact with the ear sense too, and suddenly the whole body is a vibration, neutral vibration. Then immediately second part of the mind will raise itself. In the ancient language it is called sanya. Its job is to recognize what has what come in contact with the, with the ear. A sound? What sound? Words? What words? With all the experience of the past, with all the memory of the past, this part of the mind remembers, oh, these are words and words of abuse or words of praise, recognizes. This part not only recognizes, it gives evaluation. Words of abuse, oh, very bad. Words of praise, ah, wonderful. Second part of the mind has done its job. And as soon as this valuation is given, abused very bad, one notices the flow of vibration which is neutral turns into very unpleasant vibration. Throughout the body, very unpleasant vibration. When the valuation is, is, is given, oh praise, wonderful, they change into very pleasant, pleasant vibration throughout the body, very pleasant. The third part of the mind starts feeling it, pleasant, unpleasant, pleasant, unpleasant. Immediately the fourth part will start working. Its job is to react. It starts reacting. Unpleasant vibration. I don't like it. Aversion, hatred, dvesha. The dvesha starts there. Pleasant vibration. Wonderful. I like it. Craving, clinging starts. Raga. Raga, dvesha. Raga, dvesha. How they generate? And how they keep on multiplying, multiplying? And they overpower you. We have to go to the root, where it starts. A great discovery of this person, given to the entire human world, that apparently it looks that you are reacting to the outside object. You are reacting to these words which you like or dislike, this shape, this form you like or dislike, this taste you like or dislike, etc. No, this is only apparent truth. Actual truth is, when the outside object comes in contact with your sense door, there is bound to be a sensation. And as soon as the valuation is given to this outside object, then the sensation is pleasant or unpleasant. After that only you react, not before that. That missing link was rediscovered. Great discovery of our rishis, of our munis of the past. The missing link, where you, where you generate craving, where you generate aversion, where the raga starts, where the dvesha starts, and how can you become vita raga or vita dvesha without going to the depth where it starts? The snake comes out of the snake hole. If you catch it there, it's all right. It has come out. It's so dangerous. So where it starts, you have to stop it there. Unless we reach that stage, how can we come out of our raga or our dvesha? And all other defilements are products of raga and dvesha, raga and dvesha. It becomes clear. So the whole technique becomes so scientific, interaction of mind and matter. Then every word of Gita becomes so clear. Previously I used to decide Gita, kept on deciding and understanding in my own way. But now it becomes so clear. One of the sloka you might also be deciding. Uttakramantam 
स्थिति Pure technique of Vipassana is given, but we lost it. Vimudha nanupashyanti. Ignorant people can't practice this anupashyana, this vipassana. Only those who have developed wisdom, they only can practice vipassana. What vipassana? Utkramantan. At every sense door, whenever an object comes in contact, utkramantan, a part of the mind gets up and says, look, something is happening. Sthitam, the other part of the mind will wait and see what is it and recognizes it, gives evaluation. Sthitam, and then there is sensation, pleasant, unpleasant. And out of madness, one starts, Utkramantam, sthitam vapi, bhunjanam. Bhogane lakta hai, bhunjanam. If it is pleasant, then bhunjanam with craving, unpleasant, bhunjanam with aversion. And gunanvitang, gunanvitang, this is the bondage. You keep on generating bondage for yourself without knowing it, without experiencing it, without understanding it at the experience level. How can that help? So I was so fascinated. Look, applied Gita. This is what I have been talking to the people in about Gita. And now I find it's pure Gita, nothing but Gita so far as the technique is concerned. You have to come out of craving and aversion, craving and aversion, and unless you come out of craving and aversion, how are you liberated? What bondage? Nobody has put handcuffs or, or any other ropes or something who tied us. We are tied by our own impurities, defilements. Raga, Dvesha, Raga, Dvesha, Moha. These, these are the impurities which keep in bondage, which keeps on make us running from birth to death, birth to death, birth to death. How to come out of it? Come out of Raga, come out of Dvesha, come out of Moa, and you are liberated. The words of Gita became so clear, so clear. And the words of all the saints and sages of our country became so clear, so clear. Kim Sachiyara O hukum rajai chalana, O nanak likhiya nale. Hukum rajai. Kya hukum hai? Kya raja hai? What is the order of this nature, or we call the God Almighty? What is its order? And what it desires? He desires keep your mind pure. If you don't keep your mind pure, you will be punished, punished then and there. If you keep your mind pure, you will be rewarded then and there. And Vipassana makes it so clear. Hukum rajai. Nanak likhya nalare tere bheter likha hua hai. Kitabu mein kya dhundta hai. If you see inside, it becomes so clear. Whenever you perform any unwholesome action, vocal or physical, you can't perform an unwholesome action without generating some impurity or the other in the mind. Law of nature. You can't kill somebody 
without generating tremendous amount of anger, hatred, ill will, animosity. You can't steal something without generating greed. You can't have sexual misconduct without generating lust, passion. Similarly, anything vocal or physical that you do, you have to generate some impurity or the other in the mind. And with Vipassana, you start experiencing any impurity that has arisen in my mind makes me so miserable, so miserable. See, I have generated anger. Without knowing Vipassana, when I generate anger, my mind, conscious mind keeps on thinking, I generate anger because so-and-so abused me, so-and-so insulted me, so quite reasonable, I have to take revenge, so I generate anger. But without knowing that I have started harming myself, this scientist found out, Pubbe hanati attanang pacha hanati sopare. First you kill your own peace and harmony, then only you kill the peace and harmony of others. When you generate anger, you know, you're not it kills anybody, but you generated anger. You have lost your peace, you have lost your harmony, you are a miserable person. The sensations that you feel are full of burning sensation throughout the body. The tension gets built up, palpitation increases, misery, misery. Every defilement that we, that we produce in our mind makes us miserable. When you start experiencing it, naturally you start coming out of it. Because you never experience what is happening inside. From the time one takes birth, open eyes, always extrovert, extrovert, extrovert. So all the misery that we face, that we have to face in life is because of this, because of that, because of that. Yes, apparent level, it is true. But deep inside, because of your own defilement, you generate defilements and see what is happening, you are suffering. And if there is no defilement, mind is pure, then the nature, or we say God Almighty, starts rewarding us. The moment mind is pure, naturally it gets filled of love, compassion, love, compassion, goodwill and feels so much of peace, so much of harmony. Then and there, the reward is then and there, the punishment is then and there. It becomes clearer and clearer and it is universal law. Not just the law of this particular community or particular tradition or particular person, it's for everybody, everybody. And that is why when people come to Vipassana today, it was so 20 centuries back also. And even today, when people come to the courses, they find this is our religion. This is our religion. Every religion in the world teaches morality. There is no religion which is not teaching morality. Live a moral life with a disciplined mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill, tolerance, teaching of every religion. This is the quintessence of every religion. Hindu religion, what to say? Buddhist religion, what to say? Sikh religion, Jain religion, what to say? These are, every essence is there. But all importance is given to the outer shell. Outer shell differs from one religion to another. And the outer shell is this rite, this ritual, this ceremony, this celebration, this belief. Let people be happy with the rites, with the ritual, ceremony, nothing wrong in that. But don't condemn others, don't fight for that. Give importance to the inner essence, and that is a great discovery of India, which went to the world. Give importance to the inner essence, the morality, disciplined mind, pure mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill. And when people come to the courses, I remember the first missionary, three of them, Christian missionaries, came to the first course there. At the end of the course, an elderly mother superior says, Goenka, you are teaching Christianity in the name of Buddha. I am teaching spirituality. I am teaching dharma. 
and dharma is for everyone the same. The Muslims came and they quoted me from Quran, look, this is written in the Quran, you are teaching the same thing. Of course, Jain and Buddhist and Hindu are all naturally, they say the same thing. This is a universal teaching of our country and we take pride of it. As we take pride of our physical exercise, asana and pranayama, so we take pride of this mental exercise, acceptable of everyone. There is no religion today in the world whose followers are not attending 10-day Vipassana courses. No religion. And their, their leaders are coming. Up till now, more than 2,000 Christian priests and nuns have participated and every year they keep coming more and more. Hindu leaders, of course, have come. Sannyasis are coming. Buddhist monks are coming. Jain Munis are coming. No religion who's had... Because they find the same thing. Purity of mind. Who doesn't want purity of mind? And live a moral life, good life, good for oneself, good for others. It is a great contribution of India to the world. All of you have spared an hour to listen to me. I would like also spare ten days of your life. Give it trial. A Hindu will remain a Hindu, a Christian, a Christian, a Muslim, a Muslim, a Buddhist, a Buddhist. We are not here to convert people from one organized religion to another, another organized religion. Conversion is involved, but conversion is from misery to happiness, from cruelty to compassion, from bondage to liberation, and that is needed by everybody. A great contribution of our great country to the world, and the world is accepting now, everywhere. People from every community, every tradition, they are accepting it, and they pay respect to India for that. Wonderful contribution India has given. I will say, coming from this great country, like me, you may be having this misconception about Buddhism, Buddhism, no Buddhism. We have got 15,000 pages of Buddha's words, which are lost in our country, not a single page was left. 15,000 pages and 35,000 pages of commentaries and sub-commentaries, all of that put in the CD-ROM. The word Buddhism is missing. The word Bodhi is missing. Buddhist is missing. He never taught Buddhism. He taught Dharma. Throughout his teaching the word Dhamma. Dhamma, Dhamma. And those who follow, they were called Dhammiko, Dhammisto, Dharmist, Dharmi, Dharmi. Which is for everyone. I don't know how this word Buddhism and Buddhist came and how it spread. Actually, Buddha never taught that. So be a Dharmist. Be a dharmi and call yourself any name, makes no difference. Make use of this wonderful discovery of our country, how to go to the depth of the mind. The deepest level of the mind is constantly in contact with body sensations, constantly, day and night, and constantly keep on reacting with craving, aversion, craving, aversion, raga, dvesha, raga, dvesha. It becomes multiplied, multiplied. This has become the habit pattern and that is why there is misery, misery, misery. How to come out of it? Spare ten days of your life for your good, for your benefit, or maybe through you for the good and benefit of so many others. May all of you enjoy real peace, real harmony, real happiness. Yes, question has come. 
विपश्यना नास्तिकों का मार्ग है हम भी यही समझते थे भाई बहुत डरते थे अरे बुद्ध के मार्ग पर जाएंगे तो नास्तिक हो जाएंगे नास्तिक हो जाएंगे और नास्तिक होना कौन पसंद करता है ये तो सबसे बड़ी गाली है कि किसी को तो नास्तिक है इसमें से गुजरा तो सारी बात समझ में आई भगवान बुद्ध की वाणी देखी भगवान बुद्ध कहते हैं अरे जो नास्तिक है उसके पास नहीं जाना तुम नास्तिक बन जाओगे नास्तिक होना बहुत खराब है पच्चीस सौ वर्ष पूर्व के भारत में नास्तिक किसको कहते थे ये सारा अपना वैदिक साहित्य अपना जैन साहित्य सारे में से गुजरे तो पता लगा कि 2500-2600 वर्ष पहले नास्तिक किसको कहते थे उसको कहते थे जो निसर्ग के कर्म और कर्म फल के सिद्धांत के अस्तित्व को स्वीकार करता है वो आस्तिक है जो अस्वीकार करता है वो नास्तिक है ये तो सबके लिए एक जैसी बात है ना तो जिसको वो कहते थे कि तुम नास्तिक मत बन जाना वो उसको कहते थे जो उन दिनों इस तरह के लोग थे कि खाओ पियो और मौज करो यावत जीवेत सुखम जीवेत ऋणं कृत्वा घृदम पीवेत बस विभूत देहस्य पुनर्जन्म विद्यते खाओ पियो मौज करो चाहे किसी से कर्जा लो चाहे वो नास्तिक होता है धीरे धीरे जब आपस के झगड़े हुए और झगड़े बढ़े तो झगड़े बढ़ते बढ़ते अब क्या करे कहीं बुद्ध की शिक्षा में कोई खोट नहीं अंगुली टिकाने को भी जगह नहीं उसको अपने बीमारी से दूर करने वाला वैद्य बार बार कहता था मैं तो वैद्य हूं महावैद्य हूं और मैं वैद्य हूं तुम्हें जो रोग है उसको दूर निकालने की दवा लेकर आया हूं तुम्हें राग का रोग है द्वेष का रोग है विकारों का रोग है उसको दूर करने के लिए आया हूं और बाकी बातों से क्या लेना देना काम की बात करो अपना राग निकालो अपना द्वेष निकालो जो आदमी राग रहे या द्वेष रहे और फिर भी हम मुक्त हो जाएंगे नास्तिक वो है क्योंकि कर्म के सिद्धांत को नहीं मानता राग जगाएगा द्वेष जगाएगा दुष्कर्म करेगा दुष्कर्म भोगना पड़ेगा कोई बचाने वाला नहीं ये बात समझ में आने लगती है तो बुद्ध के प्रति नास्तिक वाली बात निकम भी लगने लगती है क्या बुद्ध की शिक्षा ने देश को कमजोर बनाया और एक निकम्मी बात इस कदर हमारे सिर पर सवार थी कि अरे बुद्ध की वजह से हमारा देश कमजोर हो गया और अशोक ने तो तलवार तोड़ के फेंक दी और इसलिए हमारे यहां हमला होने लगा इससे ज्यादा झूठी बात दूसरी नहीं है सफेद झूठ थोपा गया बुद्ध ने अपनी शिक्षा में हम देखते हैं कि उसके पास सब तरह के लोग जाते थे जो डेमोक्रेट्स हैं माने उन दिनों के प्रजातंत्र थे लिच्छवी प्रजातंत्र था तो लिच्छवी देश के लोग जाते थे कि हम पर कोई हमला करे तो हम अपने आप को कैसे बचाएं उन्होंने सात नियम बताए जो प्रजातंत्र देश है वो इन सात नियमों का पालन करेगा बाहर की कोई शक्ति उस पर हमला नहीं कर सकती तो बचाने के लिए बात की उन्होंने और जो प्रजातंत्र नहीं है राजतंत्र अकेला राज करता है राजा है जैसे बिंबसार था या अजाशत्रु था उनके लिए कहते हैं कि तुम अकेले राज करते हो तो तुम्हारी सीमा पर दुश्मन आए तो उसका कैसे सामना करोगे उसके साथ तरीके बताए जो आदमी देश पर हमला होने पर कैसे उसका सामना किया जाए उसका विवरण देता है जो कि आज तक किसी ने नहीं दिया उस आदमी को यह कहना कि उसकी वजह से देश गुलाम हो गया इससे बड़ा झूठा प्रचार दूसरा हो नहीं सकता अशोक के बारे में कि अशोक ने कमजोर कर लिया अशोक ने यह प्रतिज्ञा की कि अब मैं किसी पर हमला करके कोई राज नहीं जीतूंगा बहुत जीत लिया अब मैं प्यार से धर्म बांटूंगा लोगों को अपने देश की रक्षा तो करूंगा बुद्ध की शिक्षा है सरहद पर पहले जितनी सेना थी उससे ज्यादा सेना बढ़ा दी और पड़ोसियों को कहता है कदम रखोगे तुम्हारे जाओगे मैं तुम्हारी हमला करने नहीं आऊंगा लेकिन तुम कहीं भूल कर भी कदम रख देना अरे जो आदमी अपने देश के लिए इतना जागरूक है 
उस पर ऐसा दोष लगा है पैंतीस सैंतीस वर्ष की उसकी राज्य में एक हमला नहीं हुआ बाहर से जो हुए उसके बाद हुए और दोष सारा का सारा उस पर तो ये अपने यहां बहुत गंदगी फैली बहुत झूठ फैला अब उसके बाहर निकले जो गौरव देने लायक हो उसको गौरव दें उसकी निंदा नहीं करें पढ़ोगे ये विद्या सीखोगे और बुद्धवाणी पढ़ोगे तो सारी बात बहुत स्पष्ट मालूम होगी वॉट इज द रिस्पॉन्सिबिलिटी ऑफ एक्सपेट्रिएट इंडियंस टू दिस कंट्री ग्रेट रिस्पॉन्सिबिलिटी आई वॉज बॉर्न इन ए नेबरिंग कंट्री ब्रॉट अप देयर आई वॉज इन माई ओन वे लीडिंग द इंडियन कॉम्युनिटी देयर द सेम थिंग आई सेट देन एंड सेम थिंग आई एम सेंग नाउ यू कम टू दिस कंट्री यू मस्ट थैंक दिस कंट्री विथ सो मैग्नानी मसले सो ब्रॉड माइंडेडली देव एक्सेप्टेड यू देव अलाउड यू टू स्टे हियर देव गिवन यू ऑल द फैसिलिटीज दैट दे गिव टू देयर ओन नेशनल्स देयर ओन पीपल यू आर अर्निंग हियर यू आर अर्निंग यूर बेड यू आर अर्निंग यूर ऑल द फैसिलिटीज यूर ऑल द कम्फर्ट्स इन दिस कंट्री डोंट डू एनी एक्शन डोंट टेक एनी एक्शन वोकल और फिजिकल विच विल हार्म दिस कंट्री और हार्म द पीपल ऑफ दिस कंट्री यू मस्ट बी एक्स्ट्रा लॉयल टू द कंट्री विच गिवस यू ब्रेड and moreover understand you are unofficial ambassador of our country every indian who is living here is an ambassador he must be good example people should know but look indians are like this so india is like this indians are so good india is also so good so live a good life and vipassana will help you to live a good life and give a good example to the people be loyal to the country do don't do anything wrong to the country and this is your first duty because you are earning in this country and of course you have to be loyal to your mother country also you will become a cementing factor you will become as i used to say in burma also it is our duty the indians in burma to see that these two countries remain friendly and their friendship becomes stronger and stronger we are the responsible for that so do that and i will be too happy to to see that I am already pretty happy. Why I need be Pashna? <laughs> Good that you are happy. I congratulate you. But don't you want to become happier? Don't you want to become happiest? Here is a way. And what you call happy is eternal. And what you learn from the Pashna will be eternal. It will keep you happy all the time in every situations, all the ups and downs, and you don't feel miserable. I am going to attend a vipassana retreat in India. Is it okay to attend one in USA? Anyway, the teaching is the same; makes no difference. There are about now about 90 centers around the world, and the same teaching is everywhere. Over 700 teachers are trained. They go around the world and they teach, and the same teaching is there. Whatever is convenient to you, here or in India, makes no difference. Take it and take course. If it is not good to harm others, why did Krishna ask Arjuna? to kill his teachers and relatives krishna will reply <laughs> you see understand the essence of gita there it says remain equanimous samatva buddhi remain equanimous remain equanimous 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 means without craving without aversion if you kill somebody with aversion you start harming yourself you first harm yourself then you kill somebody 
at times it so happens if somebody is harming you or harming others you have to take strong action if you say oh we are vipassana meditator let anybody come and kill we don't care i like vegetables anybody can come and kill us no this is not dharma you have to use soft language try to make the person understand if this person doesn't understand soft language use hard language hard action even but before that examine yourself even for few seconds observe sensations inside whatever sensation you have is your mind equanimous to those sensation or not if it is equanimous then whatever strong action you take nothing wrong like you see the porter kumhar apne ya hota hai excuse me to speak in english hindi kumhar hota hai kacche ghade ko pakka banata hai peet peet ke pakka banata hai kaise banata hai ek hath niche rakhta hai aur tab peetta hai ye to toot jayega na wo todne ke liye ghada nahi bana raha banane ke liye jodne ke liye bana raha hai तो इसी तरह से ये हाथ प्यार का हाथ पीछे रहे अंदर करुणा रहे बिकॉज दिस पर्सन डो हिज इग्नोरेंट पर्सन हिज हार्मिंग हिमसेल्फ एंड हार्मिंग अदर्स सो यू कंपेशन फॉर दिस पर्सन सो दिस हैंड ऑफ कंपेशन इज देयर एंड एट द सेम टाइम यू हैव टू टेक हार्ड एक्शन वॉट इज आत्ता वॉट इज आत्मा हाउ इज इट रिलेटेड टू विपशन well this question kept on bothering me for a long time after two three courses i i started understanding if there is a atma the atma will get liberated after all what i am doing i am practicing shila living a moral life i am coming out of all the impurities purifying my life so if there is a atma it will certainly get liberated what wrong i am doing and if there is no atma then why carry this burden over my head atma or no atma this is irrelevant it became so clear to me this is a totally irrelevant question which came much later after buddha's teaching much later i am a sick person i go to a doctor and doctor prescribes me a medicine you are sickness this is your sickness this is medicine for you i don't ask the the doctor do you believe in atma do you believe in paramatma i don't ask that my problem is my sickness and he gives me medicine i take that chit and go to a a drug shop the chemist shop and and buy that i don't ask this person do you believe in atma do you believe in paramatma i take that medicine use it and i am out of it buddha was a physician maha physician maha bishak he called him people are miserable i am giving the medicine that's all all other questions which keep on from one one sect to the other they keep on fighting on this atma no atma and atma also of this type one tradition says atma of the size of the body other says no the size of a thumb and the third will say no thigh size of a sesame the fourth will say oh the size of a hair tip what is the end of all these quarrels let it be what it is i am a sick person i am generating raga i am generating dvesha and i become miserable and here is a medicine for me to come out of it totally irrelevant when whether one believes perfectly all right one doesn't believe all the more all right don't go quarrel on these things अत्ता ही अत्तनोनाथ हुआ क्या अर्थ है हर आदमी अपना मालिक है ये अर्थ है स्वयं अपना मालिक है हम अपनी गति बनाने वाले हैं हम अपनी दुर्गति बनाते हैं या हम अपनी सुगति बनाते हैं हमारे हाथ में है या सारे गतियों के परे हम मुक्त हो जाते हैं हमारे हाथ में है अगर हम नादानी से विकार ही विकार पैदा करते जाएंगे तो मृत्यु के समय दुर्गति ही होगी वही कोई विकार मृत्यु के समय जागेगा और दुर्गति में जन्म देगा हम विकारों से मुक्त होते चले जाएंगे 
चित्त को जितना निर्मल करेंगे हमारी सुगति होगी पूरा निर्मल कर ले तो मुक्ति हो जाएगी सारे जन्म मरण से मुक्ति हो जाएगी तो अत्ता ही अत्तनो नाथ हो अत्ता ही अत्तनो गति स्वयं अपने मालिक हो उस मलकियत को हासिल करो स्वयं इस मलकियत को हासिल करके अपने आप को सुधारो अपनी गति सुधारो बुद्धिज्म वॉज रिमूव फ्रॉम इंडिया बाई हिंदुइज्म वाई रिमूव फर्स्ट थिंग देर इज नो बुद्धिज्म वन यू कॉल बुद्धिज्म इट वॉज द डिस्टोर्टेड टीचिंग ऑफ बुद्ध अप टू फाइव वी आर मेकिंग बिग रिसर्च एट इकतपुरी वेन दिस वर्ल्ड बुद्धिज्म और बौद्ध स्टार्टेड वी आर कम टू फाइव हंड्रेड ईयर्स अप टू फाइव हंड्रेड ईयर्स नो नो फॉलोवर ऑफ बुद्ध कॉल हिमसेल्फ ए बौद्ध और टीचिंग एज बौद्ध एंड नो अदर स्क्रिप्चर अवर हिंदू स्क्रिप्चर्स और अवर जेन्स नो वेयर दिस वर्ल्ड इज देयर एंड वी आर स्टिल लुकिंग वेन इट स्टार्टेड इट स्टार्टेड वेन बुद्धस टीचिंग बिकेम ए सेक्ट बिकेम ए रिलीजन इट वॉज अ वे ऑफ लाइफ and the moment becomes a sect then of course there are sectarian troubles fighting with each other you throw mud they will throw mud and it all these things started because of that so that was a time when real teaching of buddha was totally lost on the country is there a a three one or three day meditation course 10 days is too much for you i know you want to bargain I also come from a very business family and uh, half of my life spent in business so I know how we keep on bargaining when I went to my teacher first I told him sir 10 days I am such a busy person look so much of business so much of industries and all the social responsibilities how can I spare 10 days and sir I am very intelligent you give me your technique I practice at home but no why 10 days and he just laughed I said, "All right, one day I'll come to you and you just teach me how to practice, and I'll practice at home." Two days, nothing doing, because the technique is such. You make a very deep surgical operation of the mind. You go to the depth of the mind. Three days are required continuously to work continuously. Three days to sharpen the mind, make it razor sharp, so that you can't go to the depth of the mind, so that all the the solidity goes away, and you reach the stage where the universal truth comes in light, all vibration, vibration, vibration. and then you have to feel different kind of sensations and after that you have to also train your mind to remain equanimous with the sensations you will be feeling pleasant sensation unpleasant sensation the old habit pattern was to react react with craving or aversion now you train your mind not to react not to react this is how you are coming out of your old habit of generating misery for you by generating craving and aversion 10 days are absolutely necessary how to practice yoga and vipassana together wonderful yoga for physical exercise asan and pranayam which is universal work do that and vipassana mental exercise for everybody if you join together both these two you will become perfect in body health as well as in mind health why should i give up raga <laughs> practice vipassana and you will know when you reach the depth of the mind even as soon as you generate raga you feel you lost the balance of your mind you lost the peace of your mind you lost the harmony of your mind and this raga increases increases multiplies multiplies you are a miserable person it overpowers you then you think do things at the vocal level and physical level which usually you would not have done and later on you repent oh i should not have said like this 
I should not have done like this. And similar situation, again you react in the same way. So go to the depth of the mind and come out of this great misery. Is there any difference between meditation teachings of Swami Vivekananda and Lord Buddha? Swami Vivekananda and Swami Dayan. Now there was a talk about Swami Vivekananda. These were the two persons who influenced me so much in my life. And still, I am so grateful to both of them. I had been working with Ramakrishna Mission Society in Burma. I was a managing committee member and the important person taking most of the responsibilities, both in the hospital as well as the cultural center. So much inspiring, wonderful. Every word that, that said by Vivekananda is, inspires anybody. It's so good. Dayanand, so good. But the teaching of Buddha, the real teaching of Buddha was lost at that time. It has come only now because one country, neighboring country maintained it. Otherwise it would have been lost everywhere around the world. I am so sure that such a wise person like Vivekananda or Dayanand, if they had gone through Vipassana, if they had gone through the words of Buddha, they would have been so very much attracted and they would have accepted it without any objection. Because the technique was not there. All the misunderstanding about Buddha, Dukhavada, Dukhavada, Buddha is Dukhavada, he teaches only misery, misery. What a wrong impression was there. He teaches people to come out of misery, he is Sukhavada. How can he be Dukhavada? But a great publicity was made for 1500 years, Dukhavadi, Dukhavadi, Dukhavadi. So naturally, because the, the teaching was lost, the words of Buddha were lost, and the technique was lost. So we can't blame them. They are so wise people, both of them, Dayananda and Vivekananda, are heroes of our country. And if you go through their words, you'll get so much inspiration. Just add Vipassana to that and it will make it more perfect. Are chakras related to endoric glands and granthis? How are Ida, Pingala and Shushumna related to nerves, prana and nerves? You go through the history in a very dispassionate way. You make a research of the history and you will find all these chakras, Ida, Pingala and all, came about seven to eight hundred years after Buddha, when the Vipassana was totally lost. And people had a memory that there was a technique in our country where every part of the body became Chinmay. The Mrinamay body, which is like earth, it became Chinmay. Life, life, every particle, life, life. How to, how to reach that stage? Technique was lost. How to reach that stage? So this asana, that asana, this band, that band, and started getting some sensation. On the spinal cord, some sensation. That itself was a big achievement. I don't condemn anything, because that also gives some benefit. But when you have vipassana, the entire body, every particle of the body, and this spinal cord is a part of the body, you get sensations everywhere. And merely getting sensation is not achievement. You get sensation and understand that whatever you are experiencing is not eternal. It arises, passes away, passes away. So never have craving towards it or never generate aversion towards it. That is the proper way of experiencing the sensation and training the mind to remain equanimous. When that is there, then there is no difference. Any technique which works with the body sensation and teaches us to remain equanimous with the body sensation you call it by any name, it gives the same result. To come out of the craving, to come out of aversion, to come out of all kinds of defilements, to come out of all kinds of misery. Prashna bahut hai. 
लेकिन इतनी बस है इसके बाद छुट्टी अच्छी बात हाउ कैन ए पर्सन सफरिंग फ्रॉम इंसॉमिया एंड एंगजाइटी बेनिफिट फ्रॉम विपशना विपशना इज ए वंडरफुल क्योर फॉर दैट माई ओन केस एवरी सेकेंड और थर्ड डे आई टू टेक ए स्लीपिंग पिल और सम ट्रेंकुलाइज हो गया सो मच ऑफ टेंशन वॉज देयर एंड आई फाइंड सो मेनी पीपल नाउ कमिंग टू द कोर्सेज लॉट ऑफ एंगजाइटी वरी इट इज सो इजी नाउ द टेक्निक इज सो साइंटिफिक वन बिग डिस्कवरी मेड बाई दिस साइंटिस्ट ऑफ आवर कंट्री इज नथिंग कैन अराइज इन द माइंड विदाउट ए सेंसेशन ऑन द बॉडी नथिंग कैन अराइज सो इफ एंगजाइटी इज इन इन द माइंड just accept the fact there is anxiety in the mind at this moment don't relate it to this reason or that is anxiety as anxiety and see what sensation you have at that moment whatever sensation you in the body is related to anxiety and keep on if you are a good vipassana meditator keep on observing the sensation anitya anitya this is not permanent this is not eternal let me see how long it lasts this is not eternal so this anxiety is also not eternal let me see how long it lasts it becomes weaker 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 passes away and when is totally relieved so a technique which is so result oriented and so scientific not blind blind faith you observe the body when there is anything in the mind sensation on the body related to that particular impurity in the mind and you are coming out of it easily anger is a reason just accept anger as anger start observing sensation passion is a reason accept passion as passion start observing sensation depression has come just accept depression has come start observing sensation you are coming out of it it is not just a theory it's a practice thousands upon thousands of people are coming out of all these mental difficulties is vipassana same as advaita inquiry of who i am this inquiry is a wonderful inquiry who i am but you simply accept because somebody says so somebody says i am so and so and i say i am so and so you experience it all that is impermanent changing 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 and you say this is eternal this is avidya patanjali yoga also says anitya dukha anatma if you don't accept it as anitya dukha anatma this is avidya so come to vidya so all this physical structure is anitya 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 dukha anatma anything beyond that is eternal so whatever is non eternal changing and if you impose and a belief that this is eternal though this is dehatma buddhi and then similarly cittatma buddhi dehatma buddhi and cittatma buddhi will not take it to the eternity if you accept this is not eternal this is changing then you come out of craving and aversion towards it and ultimately you reach the stage which is beyond mind and matter ultimately you reach a stage which is beyond the entire sensorium it was called indriya teet when you reach that stage which is beyond mind and matter which is eternal the senses stop working it is beyond the sensual field and that eternal thing because it is experienced not by the senses when one comes out of that and tries to explain what it is no words varnana teet no language no word you have to experience that then only you understand what is eternal you give it any name you call it atma or parmatma or moksha or mukti or nirvana words have got no meaning one has to experience and once you experience you are a totally changed person you come out of that and you are a saintly person to reach that stage one has to first come out of this 
phenomenon of mind and matter which is constantly changing and to which one keeps on saying I, mine, I, mine, come out of this wrong I, mine. Kripya upasana or vipassana mein kya antara samjhaiye? Vipassana, jab vipassana hoti hai to kalyan karani hoti hai. Bharat niya to shabdai kho diya. Aaj bhi humare purane purane sadak 30 varas se baithe huye, isko vipassana ni ucharan karte, vipassana kehti hai. Vipassana. यहां भी हम सुनते हैं विपासना हमको मुस्कुराते हैं क्या करे भाई विपसना है विपासना नहीं है पश्चना कहते हैं देखने को विपसना विशेष रूप से देखना और भारत की पुरानी भाषा में देखना कहते थे अनुभव करने को आज भी भारत की भाषाओं में अनुभव करने को देखना कहते हैं जब कोई कहते हैं कि मिठाई चक्कर तो देख कितनी मीठी है तो चक्कर क्या देखे उसका रंग देखे उसका रूप देखे चक्कर अनुभव कर ये संगीत सुनकर तो देख कितना मधुर है तो क्या देखे उसका रूप देखे उसका रंग देखे देखने का अर्थ होता था अनुभव करना तो पश्चिना माने अनुभव करो सच्चाई को अनुभव करो और विशेष रूप से करो और यही वेदों में कहा यो विश्वा भी विपश्यति भावना विपश्यति विशेष रूप से संच पश्यति माने बिना राग के और बिना द्वेष के दृष्टा भाव से साक्षी भाव से तटस्थ भाव से जैसा है वैसे देखो तो विपसना हुई उपासना कोई बुरी बात नहीं है उपासना माने नजदीक बैठना किसी संत के किसी मुक्त हुए व्यक्ति के समीप आकर के बैठो तो उससे विद्या सीखोगे विद्या सीखोगे तुम्हारा कल्याण होगा तो ये उपासना हुई और वो एक्चुअली देखना हुआ क्या दोनों में भेद है खाली पास आके बैठी और किया कुछ नहीं सीखा कुछ नहीं तो पूरा लाभ नहीं हुआ तो लाभ लेना चाहिए अपने जीवन के दस दिन दे करके लाभ लो बहुत मंगल होगा बहुत कल्याण होगा खूब भला होगा खूब भला